Thank you, Mr. Douglas. Yeah. And we're back again, hanging with Mr. Douglas. On the show, Hang In with Mr. Douglas, where we explore avenues and pathways for awareness expansion and individual empowerment of humanity's innate, subtle, psychic powers. And a whole bunch of other stuff, too. Okay, all right, that was a little long, but you know what? I like that one. That was pretty good. You think so? Yeah, it was a little bit, you know, a little choppy. Yeah, but we're working, so working, I like it. I like what we're doing. I think that's the right direction. I think so, too. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back. Great to have you. Great to hang. This should be the last episode of our jaunt through Ingo Swan's psychic sexuality. We're getting to the end of my notes here. But has this not been wild? I mean, this is an awesome book. Oh, yeah, this has been great. Massive payoff, man. Bro, this has been yeah, tight. Yeah, got the wheels turning. <laughs> I reckon it's an adventure I won't soon forget. You said there was more? Well, let's not waste any more time. I believe where we dropped off was right around the area where we were talking about the locations of the sexualizing chakras. Let's go. So if you recall, at the very end of our last episode, we did talk about how Ingo was telling us that there's a a kind of difference between higher intelligence and that raising your vibration, higher consciousness thing. There's a distinct difference between the two. You can get higher intelligence by working with the seven most known chakras, but that higher consciousness situation, that's achieved only through some kind of kundalini-style awakening, according to Ingo. In other words, an involvement at an intrinsic level of our connection to the universal life force via our sexualizing chakras, our sexuality. So, the locations of these sexualizing chakras, they aren't just around the sexual organs. And this is interesting here, Ingo does something here, which I find, well, just raises my eyebrows a bit. But anyway, he starts out by saying in both males and females, the first of them is... Also, before we go forward, like this one's definitely going to be bandying about adult terms. So, uh, heads up, NSFW, if you know what I mean. Not for the young ones. Not for kids. Not safe for work. We're reaching that uh, late night HBO Skinamax situation on the TV guide schedule, if you know what I mean. Okay, so, the locations of the sexualizing chakras. They aren't just in and around the sexual organs, but in both males and females, according to Ingo, The first of them is directly on the pubic mound. Classic. Makes a lot of sense. Second is in the cleft between the physical sex apparatus and the anus. The taint or gooch, as it has been called before. (laughs) I wonder if it's that tingle spot when you go over a hill. (laughs) And the third, and this is what I find interesting, Ingo. The third is admitted to be existing, but without specification as to where its location is. Hmm. Oh, what's up with that? Really? Oh, my God. Oh, bro. And I mean, it's not him directly. He's referencing those Mahatma letters and other resources that he's been able to put together. But it immediately makes, well, where is the third one? If any of you know, leave a comment, like, subscribe. Send in your information at Mr. Douglas at Twitter or X or, you know, the place. Or, 
Send in your comments at Mr. Douglas on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, on YouTube, or any one of his podcasts. Throw down those comments. Where is that third sexual chakra? All right, all right, all right. That was, that was, okay. I don't know about that one. But you gotta do it, right? You gotta get, get throw those out there. Yeah, no, I know we talked about we it. We talked about it. We gotta work on that one. No, I agree. I mean, that way to jump in. Way to jump in. All right, I'm going in the green room. Where's that root beer? Right. Okay. So, anyway, we still are, you know, coming across countless stories of people going through their own Kundalini awakening. So, I don't think missing the knowledge of the specific location of that third chakra isn't going to hinder the process in any significant way, we can still get there. And while we've gotten a lot of lovely illustrations of the seven most reported chakras throughout time, fantastic amount of posters and dispensaries, according to Ingo, though, they look pretty different from person to person. And, you know, just to sum up that copper room lights rays experience that Ingo had, uh, he ended up making, when he got back to his place, in New York, I believe. Ingo made an eight by three foot copper wall and put it to plywood. And he took a replica of the same magnet that he had in the experiment for himself. He pointed himself true north and he uh, put a wooden chair on four glass bricks. And in his own words, he was in business. Or I was in business as Ingo was in business. He was in business. That setup right there seemed to work or at least after those initial experiences kept it going. As a brief update, I did get some copper, uh, like foil sheets and some copper tape. And so I just got to figure out a way to kind of use that. I don't know, I'm thinking cardboard maybe, just to make a kind of wall thing that I could hang on the wall or, you know, lean up against the wall. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, right? I got some, I got some of the ingredients. All right. So anyway, Ingo was doing this. He was in business, but he was uh, in uh, in the thick of it. He was into it 24-7. He was never not in busy. He was 7-Eleven because he was pretty much always in lucidity mode, right? Seeing lights and rays and seeing through his and others' bodies. A perpetual light ray show, apparently even in his dreams. His everyday mundane waking experience was turning into the headlining song of a rock and roll laser light show concert experience. <laughs> Intense. He was, quote, living in a realm of lights, rays, beams, bubbles, intermixing auras, traveling thunderbolts of wayward energies. It got so bad that I was seeing the luminosities around door handles and the materials of buildings, the lights emanating from my computer screen, the green and the purple emanations of the asphalt streets, the in-sucking energies by plastics, and on and on beyond imagination. So distorting did all this become that I had to step from the curbs very carefully not to be quite sure where the cement actually ended and where luminosity began. The lucidity of the Mahatmas was getting to be too much. Unquote, page 186. Bro, you sure you want to do this? Yeah, oh my God. That oh. seems intense. Talk about the ultimate confirmation though. Life ain't nothing but an adventure. And sometimes the river gets rough. Hey, I'm holding on. Bro. Okay. Now you gotta do it. You said you were gonna do it. You gotta do it. I'm in your corner. <laughs> all right, all right. Ingo also said that it also seems that belief systems or thought systems, reality boxes, have a role to play in the multidimensional expression of all these kinds of clairvoyances. 
that coalesce into this experience of lucidity, what he calls an all-at-once experience, a la that Superman situation mentioned earlier. I can't, oh, I'm Superman, I'm just so powerful, but it's too much all at once. I'm learning, I'm learning about how powerful and awesome I am. Oh, my God. It's like that. (laughs) Quote, the extent of the aura seeing may be dependent on what fits into a clairvoyance given reality and or knowledge levels. Unquote. Page 188. After attempting to persevere for some time, Ingo says that uh, riding public transportation in NYC just became way too much to handle, and that makes a lot of sense. So he had to go and seek help from a friend and clairvoyant healer, and he names her in the book Carmen de Baraza, or Barazza, B-A-R-A-Z-Z-A. And apparently it took a total of 10 visits to bring his lucidity down to a smaller level, more or less under his conscious control. And so here Ingo begins to talk about the crotch chakra, which is the uh, chakra that sits behind the scrotum and in front of the anus in men and between the anus and vagina in women. Uh, It apparently is, quote, exceedingly responsive to any kind of manipulations and responds to the rays emanating from the fingertips if those rays are pink. It is especially responsive to the licking of the tongue, which itself emits a kind of electrostatic aura, which is densely and somewhat damply many-colored. The crotch chakra is also sensitive to sunlight, unquote, page 202-203. Do you remember that trend? What was that, sunning your butthole? That was a thing, and I think uh, we've got uh, at least a bit of corollary information there as to why people were like, hey, that feels good. But wow, to be in lucidity and to see the electrostatic tongue rays licking the crotch chakra. Yeah, that's some pretty, like, first, that's crazy first-hand experience. Yeah, but hey, Ingo did his research, I guess. Bro, well, the guy was like, <laughs> Yeah. Serious. Ingo got down. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Must have been a show. It would just be, I mean, for me, it's fascinating to get a kind of immediate experience of the more subtle energy levels that are a reality to us we are just unaware of beyond secondary and tertiary sensations and feelings that are interpreted by our largely unawake energy body system. So lucidity seems like a way to really smack the dust off the system and to have an experience like that, as long as it doesn't go haywire, I think would be incredibly beneficial. As long as you can take it. Yeah, I know. That's definitely, definitely a thing to consider. So, Ingo then tells us that the chakras start to differ between the sexes. Quote, In males, the next sexualizing paraphernalia, which seems important, is a small chakra about an inch in dimension, which is usually deep purple in color. It's found about halfway between the tail of the spine and the anus. This point just being inside the cleft in between the buttocks. The equivalent chakra to... This is found in females, is not between the buttocks to the rear, but to the front, just between the top of the vaginal cleft and the clitoris. It can be seen as being of deep purple, but more usually a dark liquid blue-green, unquote. Pages 203-204. Huh, that's pretty interesting. And it makes sense. There's going to be a difference. Ingo continues to discuss... Tonguing in particular, either of these spots is pleasurable, but in females it does produce orgasmic tremors, not so for this particular spot in men. Okay. 
There are chakras at the tip of the penis and the tip of the clitoris, respectively. That makes a lot of sense. In males, it's blood red looking like a ruby. In females, it's usually deep green like a glowing emerald. Once highly sexualized, they sparkle and emit gem-like rays. Wow, again, he's seeing all this firsthand. Wild. And yeah, I'm right down. There, there are a couple of stories. I hope I go over them. If I don't in my notes, I'll mention them. But it, his experience, like experiencing New York City and seeing all these people walking around with crazy rays and expressions of their energy body at varying degrees of sexual stimulation is fascinating. The rays of these chakras of sexualization shoot out and they bend and they seek out each other. They wrap themselves around one another, pulling their owner's bodies closer together, drawing penis to vagina. According to Ingo, the female beams are bigger and stronger and get almost two times the size of male beams. Ladies are flexing in the energetic world. Ingo states that, quote, the beard follicles in male versions of hair that emits energetic rays are especially sensitive as sexualizing agencies and, from the clairvoyant view, shaving of them often appears to be a source of sexualizing energy mismanagement. Unquote. Hm. Beard is good. <laughs> Another quote. Everyone can demonstrate, sense, or pick up the above sensing of all these chakras in the numerous erogenous zones and other ray-emitting locations for themselves by carefully and calmly passing their fingers close to, but not physically touching, all or any of these areas defined. The rays emanating from the fingertips will minutely excite the basic paraphernalia which have now been discussed. One may have to practice a little to refine the focus of sensation, but we have avenues of doing that by discussing Robert Bruce's energy work that one has probably already located all or most of one's own erotic zones can be taken for granted. Get to know yourself, everybody. If you then permit your mind to construct the relevant images, you will soon obtain some kind of mental image pictures regarding these energy factors, unquote. Page 213. And another, quote, energetic phenomena of these auras are also information-carrying phenomena and that the shift, say, from sexualizing to creativizing effects, is but a shift in information emphasis or information modulating, unquote. Page 216. Now, that's fascinating because that is a common theme you hear about, you know, alchemizing the sexual energy into creative energy. That's where you'll uh, get a lot of success for men in particular. Uh, you know, historically, we do a lot of stuff to impress ladies, that's we do that. <laughs> it's you're a, you're a fantastic motivator, ladies, and so you know there's there's that as well. But this idea of shifting from sexualizing to creativizing effects of that energy, that connection that is most readily felt through sexuality and sexualization, is interesting. Here he is talking about it, it being a shift in information emphasis or information modulation, how the lens is focusing that energy. That right there is an avenue of 
energy awareness expansion that will, more than likely, activate other subtle systems and skill sets. Another quote, horniness is not only an energetic phenomenon, but an aroused energetic one. The state of horny is also quite infamous of being non-volitional. Shaw, been there! With such a mind of its own that even the strongest format of will will have a tough time dealing with it. Uh-huh. Seen clairvoyantly, the energetic state of horny can be perceived as an outrageous display of beams, threads, and rays, thrusting outward, more or less undulating, extending so as to seek out or stimulate horny states in others, clearly with the intention of melding with them at least in temporary ways. Page 218. So on the energy level, it is a light show when people are feeling aroused. He's got several stories about seeing these displays when he's out shopping, uh, people walking down the street with big old beams of light coming out of them. Another quote, horniness is often described as a hunger or a starvation, in that having sex per se, even having it repeatedly, often does not fulfill that hunger. Thus, it could be concluded that something else is involved, something along these lines becoming clear when it can be seen that horny female versions often will not select horny male versions. What appears to alleviate or fulfill horniness are complete energy body meldings of particular kinds. Although sexual activity is often one of the outcomes, the melding seems to have deeper implications. Such meldings can be achieved without subsequent physical sexual activity, although touching and embracing and sometimes kissing always seem to be a needed requirement. Seen clairvoyantly, horniness appears to be an automatic, non-volitional, and somewhat cyclical excitation of the entire energy body or sensorium, and it begins to produce some astonishing energy body phenomena. It's worth noting here that there are many types of horniness besides sexualizing. One can, for example, be horny to be stimulated by good or bad art, music, new stamps, climbing mountains, scientific exploration. Trading cards! I imagine that too. Uh, religious indoctrination, as Ingo is continuing to say, etc. But we rather refer to these as fascinations, so as to explicitly preserve the term horny for sexuality and attraction matters. As far as I can determine, the states of all horniness appear to occur because the energy body is desirous of modulating or remodulating itself by the use of compatible and sympathetic stimuli. This desire appears to have more to do with the destiny of the energy body per se than merely with the genitals of the presently existing bio-body, unquote. That to me, is a really fascinating chunk of observation information. So he's out and about NYC seeing these interactions on an energy body level go down and seeing what the trickle-down or cascading physical behavior components of this wild energy show are happening, where, as he's talking about, these energy bodies are continuously seeking to reach out and meld and converge and mix together for experience. I don't know, but it seems to have a lot more to do with the energy body life and not so much with the actual life of the physical bio body. So really, 
what if what we're experiencing here are just like the previously on Lost, like the, the recaps where you don't really hear or experience much of the previous episode, but you get the gist of it? What if that's us and the actual primetime show is happening on the energy body level? Like with all the show, 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 all the merging, like all of that. (laughs) Whatever that is, sounds fascinating or reads fascinating. And it also seems to be clear when it comes to like, oh, there is actual attraction because there is light being attracted to moving to. It's it's not so gummed up in social um, cloak and daggeries when it's do I like you? I don't know. Like all that bullshit. Whatever. Oh, that seems a little a little sensitive for you. Telepersonal experience. Yeah, leave the guy alone. All right? I should shut up. We're with you, bro. I don't it's even cool. know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, sure, whatever. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, all right, all right. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> horniness seems to be this almost automatic or autonomic thing that happens cyclically. Is it feeding? Is it, is it reaching out for, like, information and experience sharing? What is it? What, what is that energetic ebb and flow where there is this reach out to intermingle the uh, laser beams of our energy body? And what would that be like to be conscious of that and perhaps even just witnessing it, carrying, again, learning more information, expanding awareness, but also what's it like to be consciously a part of that energy light beam show direction? Like Cyclops laser beam here. You know, what what if you could partake more consciously in that dance of light? All things that I'm fascinated by that seem to be a part of us. And then again, that light show has corresponding behavior or activity, actions in the physical world. Could you theoretically focus a laser beam light show in a particular way that would open you up to more clairvoyance. Psychokinesis, could you start moving tables and chairs? Making sure the sidewalk's clear no matter who's in front of you. Would that be a faster or more feedback-ready way to, feedback-rich way, to charge up your own energy body? Fascinating. That's pretty cool. I can't believe you're going to do it, bro. Yeah, I'm going to try it. We're going to see what happens. But this is right in line with what I'm talking about, what this whole podcast is about. I mean, hey, look, doesn't matter who you are, where you're at, it's 2024 right now, and it is only getting weirder. When it was 1994, and I was interested in psi phenomena and aliens, that was largely made fun of. You had the X-Files, I think, in 95, but like, that's it, right? Mainstream? I don't think so. Phoenix lights were mocked openly on the news. And that's when we were like, oh, the news is serious. So like now you got our military rolling out and being like, yep, yeah, we see them all the time. Yep. Stuff's like, yeah, mm -hmm." we are getting some pretty heavy info that there's infighting between different organizations within the government. If you haven't heard it, I recommend listening to the very long episode I did uh, with Michael Topper's dramatization discussing the very comprehensive, very comprehensive discussion on what the actual situation is concerning 
what we would call non-human intelligence, aliens, etc. UAPs, UFOs, all that stuff. I'll link it. But yeah, it's getting crazy, right? And I think that we as a human species and we as individuals are here at this very awesome point in time to be able to take the opportunity to supercharge our experience as beings being human beings as much as we can this go-round. And I'm very fascinated with individual cultivation and empowering of what seems to be one of the big things that could lift us out this current confounding portion of the cycle. I don't want to hurt anybody. I want us all to be floating around on hoverboards, getting food from local food forests, and pursuing our passions. And so some of this stuff, I really think, if we just, oh, if we all just did it a little bit, I think the whole universe would open up for us. Anyway, this book is great. (laughs) I highly recommend it. The descriptions Ingo gives in this thing are wild. And here, here's another quote. Quote, again, much now depends on whether the horniness has been taken care of. Uh, if If it is not, some male versions will now proceed to manifest full blown sexualizing regalia. In the book, Oh, well, hold on, let me finish the quote. Perpetual masturbators, however, seldom do, unquote, page 225. Badass sexualizing energy regalia uh, might be reason enough to hold off, men, just for a a little bit. You know, it's an idea. I think women, too. In the book, he goes into seeing women have, like, massive uh, uh, plumes, like peacock plumes, just... And then also... They have like these darting like vines or something and they're going all over the place like messing with dudes energy be like do I like you do I like all over the place real fast and when they're when they're into it it's like oh and it starts to wrap itself around the dude's energy system when it doesn't like the dude is like oh gross and it goes away <laughs> dudes have like he talks about like like armor like badass medieval gothic Diablo 2 armor and massive energy wangs, apparently, as well. Here's another quote. I saw no instance where any energy function of the male versions probe female versions. Female versions probe male versions all the time. Uh, Selection, therefore, seems to be left to the female versions. Unquote. Page 227. Ladies are always just... Dudes are just unaware oh (laughs) my life it is important to note however that people will exhibit a mix of these fantastical displays and that as it is an energetic process display system it's always in flux changing and undulating to me i imagine like uh you know those kaleidoscopes that are always so cool it's not just body mind but body energy mind the body mind dualism is just that an ism. Nothing happens unless some kind of energy or energetics is involved. Studying human energetics will lead to empowerment. Ingo Swan, everybody. That's the end of my notes. For takeaways from Ingo Swan's psychic sexuality, there is so much more, though, in that book. Cannot recommend it enough. So happy I put together these four episodes. It was a blast doing this. Oh my god, it's been a gadget! So much! Oh yeah, wow!
total like, I mean, oh my god, right? Sweet I'm made it to the end of one adventure. You just set up a whole new horizon line. This was great. It was great. That was a pretty good adventure. And there it is, that, that last line right there, studying human energetics will lead to empowerment. I'm all about empowerment. I'm all about hooking us humans up. If only to build like Colossus-like energy powers where, you know, we can just be a little bit more confident in the incoming complexities of what we are going to have to be more consciously aware of and, and dealing with and yeah, I just- uh, say no more. We get you. You're trying to wake up the superpowers. Yeah, this is intense. Talk about and like I start get to it. engage with. I'm with it. I'm into it. That's not taboo or anything. I mean, hey, look, this is our. It's already in us. It's already Seems there. To me, like it's time to level up. There's no time like the present. <laughs> Did anybody even catch his name? I mean, he was pretty cool though. No. Yeah. No, I did no, not. We, um, no. no, bro. Well, that will do it, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging with me throughout this wonderful weaving through Ingo Swan's fantastic book, Psychic Sexuality. Visit IngoSwan.com for more about the man and, and so much more about his works. Visit me at Mr. Douglas, M-I-S-T-3-R-D-O-U-G-L-A-S on X, formerly known as Twitter. Find this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm on YouTube and of course, MrDouglas.com. Ah, oh, what a joy. And what will we be going through next? Hang tight for more ways of awareness expansion and the innate human species power activation through individual empowerment. Here we go, everybody. 